The comments and advice expressed in this audio experience are not intended for actual use and should never be taken seriously. If you do use any advice given, please let us know how it went and carefully consider getting yourself some help. Hey mates, this is the Fix That For You podcast. I'm Mr. Sunday Movies and joining me in the studio... Hey, it's me, me Nick Mason. Uh, Clearly my my podcast mate here has been practicing on his Aussie accent and he's doing a really bang up job of I, it. I really, I, now I'm thinking about it too much and I'm going to... You're thinking I'm gonna really leave, hard. I'm going to leave. No, no. <laughs> What's he doing? He's <laughs> melting. What's he turning into? I don't really know. <laughs> He looks See, like some kind of slime monster. I've never natural. I just like revert back to like some sort of weird British Irish hybrid. He looks like a kangaroo. Is that's that, what most uh, Aussies do? You think that's Aussies what an Australian do? accent is? It's just a, a British Irish hybrid accent. Plus a little bit of the Aboriginals mixed in there. Oh yeah, yeah. And a kangaroo accent. And a bit of a kangaroo kick to it. <laughs> and a little whip of his tail. A bit of a tail whip to the a head. Little slap maybe of its cock. I, maybe we have to start with good day. Good day, mates. This is the fix that. No. You're trying to do a voice with it too. Could you just talk in your normal voice? Good day, mates. This is the Fix That For You podcast. Yeah, but you're like talking. You're like, this is, good day, mates. This is the Fix That For You you're podcast. projecting, mate. Good day, mate. This is the Fix That For You podcast. Mate! Po- good day, mate. This is the Fix That For You podcast. It's going. We can't stop them. Good day, mate. This is, the <laughs> this is why we put them in, in an isolated island. They can never get off of it. He's going mad. <laughs> they go mad. What do you think if there were one qualification of becoming an Australian, what would it be? The accent. All right. I mean, other than that, mate, don't be... Cheeky daft. with me. Daft? <laughs> what did you say? That's daft. British. Daft. Um, we could say daft. Uh, I um, I don't really. I know. <laughs> I don't know. Surfboard, surfing, surfing. You have to. Have, you have to. Maybe an ancestor who murdered murdered someone. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Fix That for You, the podcast. The only destination podcast where we are going to take your embarrassing stories or the ones that we steal off the internet and give you some absolutely fantastic advice on how you can recover from your embarrassment or just uh, if you just want to learn to recover from someone else's embarrassment, just take some notes and jot them down so you don't find yourself in such a predicament. You're welcome to do that too. I will be one of your co-hosts, Mitch Hessian. I'm with you here. My name is Kyle Reinen. And my name is Caleb Carson. And I wonder why we, why you always call us co-hosts, you know? Because we're co-hosts. Yeah, but like, but we're all just hosts too, you know? No, but no, because if we were all hosts, we'd each have an individual show. No, we're all hosts of this show. We're each other's co-hosts, but when we're referencing ourselves, we're a host. Well, I don't know about you guys, but when I'm introducing myself, I'm introducing myself to you guys. Oh, oh so you're saying that's, you're that's my it. co-host? Okay. As in like. Kyle, Caleb, I am your co-host, Natasha. <laughs> right, right. Oh, I yeah. really, uh, I didn't realize that. I don't know why I would heck? assume been... <laughs> you were addressing the audience. Yeah. So wait, you guys, you mean to tell me that you have just been just mimicking what I do, not really understanding what we were actually doing here when we introduced ourselves? Yeah, I'm oh. a sheeple, okay? <laughs> I wouldn't say that. I would more say that we were copying you without understanding the motive. Yeah, that sounds a little bit more accurate, I suppose. Yeah. All right, let's stop talking about this and get to some stories. So our first story is brought to us by Reddit user VividStill, which I imagine that there's some sort of photographer with a VividStill. 
I was at the gym today chatting with this huge dude and this powerlifter woman who, despite having four kids and being 35 years old, looks like she's 25 with arms so strong. I'm melting down each time I see her flex. Do you watch her flex? Melting down? Yeah, I can't. I mean, some people find that attractive. That's cool. <laughs> I think like he gets angry. Like he oh, does a, he does he's having a meltdown. In the middle yeah. of the <laughs> Why aren't I as strong as you? Why? I want the muscles. <laughs> We're having a nice conversation about nutrition and all that, and we're pretty, we're all pretty serious about training. And we happen to change the topic to a recent shooting in our area. <laughs> She's a paramedic. And cheery. That's not. That's kind of like <laughs> typical gym talk. What are you benching, bro? What are you shooting, bro? We might have to do like an extra Patreon Sorry. content of like just proper conversations to have out right. in the wild. What's good topics? Like, yeah, what to steer away from and what to like maybe. You know, hit on a little bit more. Anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, so she happens to be a paramedic and complains how there are reports of weapons dealers giving out extra grenades with the purchase of a gun. <laughs> extra grenades? Yeah, extra grenades. It's like a buy, buy one, get on two grenades, your, one free. <laughs> right? <laughs> We're having a blowout sale. Sorry. The deals are all over the new Macy's catalog. I love those <laughs> things. That reminds me of that. Thanks for reminding me. I have to do the, my clippings tonight. Mm. Yeah, have you seen the new grenades? They're They're pinless. Lim- you get an extra one limited, if you buy a gun. Limited availability. <laughs> you get an extra one if you buy a gun. If you get an app, you can detonate it from remote. <laughs> remotely. <laughs> I don't sell guns. She mentioned how she's progressively more scared to arrive at a scene. That's when my douchebag brain decides to throw a, co- a consolation, a compliment, and an admiration into a blender and pour, <laughs> the ab- and pour the abomination of result out through my mouth. And I said something along the lines of, doesn't it feel amazing when you're deadlifting the bodies? <laughs> <laughs> Last sentence. My workout was exceptionally short today. Oh, man. Just how... Just like that's tremendously screwing up a, a conversation. I think before we go anywhere with this, we have to answer the question. <laughs> does it feel good when you're deadlifting the bodies? I think she probably feels a lot of mixed emotion. I mean, on one hand, physically, it feels great because she's affirming like man i can deadlift these bodies and then her and muscles like, are flexing i'm just melting down just mm-hmm. <laughs> why just can't i have the muscles right and just to kind of bring this full circle i mean like uh, the deadlift the name of the exercise deadlift yes yeah did you it feels very uh appropriate for what he's complimenting her on so i could see where he made the connection but it's been a long time since a deadlift has been known for what you're lifting. Yeah, it's actually been since uh, since uh, the Civil War. That's when the, lift <laughs> the original was deadlifters. The original deadlifters were in the Civil War. Yeah, and they was were it a they, squadron. It was a squadron. <laughs> like, yeah, they had the to first... go back through behind everyone and pick up all the bodies, <laughs> and they were <laughs> they were called the deadlifters. And so that, and, but they were the strongest they in just the army. Had giant hands. Right, because they, well, yeah. they had to carry around like big carts, like mm-hmm. you know, like a wheelbarrow. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they had yeah, to, yeah. You know, deadlift it up. So go dark. move to the next pile. Deadlift the person into the into the cart. Deadlift the cart back up. Move with an extra person. Well, yeah. yeah, and that's the inspiration for the the hex bar deadlift. Actually, is Ooh. is with the cart. So they're yeah, like, yeah. how do we replicate the cart? They make the hex bar, but the straight bar that's replicating the the people. And uh, <laughs> and so everyone was like, man, they're so strong. How do you get that strong? They're like, we de- we deadlift. War. We we've been deadlifting, and like they're the original deadlifters. Like you kind of see them now, and they're just like kind of oversized people but these mm. deadlifters were like the size of transformers mm-hmm. you know the song war what is it good for one verse said deadlifts what is it good for absolutely, absolutely deadlifts. deadlifts yep do them again it's british right 
Absolutely deadlifts. <laughs> Absolutely deadlift. Absolutely. Deadlifts. <laughs> so it does feel good to when you lift when you deadlift the bodies. Yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> it connects you with history, so I, I imagine it feels good because you're doing you're not only serving your country, but you're also like doing a uh, like a community service. Mm. You know, picking up oh picking oh. up picking up the depends litter. on which side of the civil uh, war, man. Uh, <laughs> picking up uh, picking up what's been what's been decomposed on the oh, ground. Oh. L- let's let's say the rubbish. Okay, let's picking say up pick the... up the rubbish. Uh, picking up victory. Let's call it that. Yeah, because it means your side is won, right? I think the so. more dead bodies you have, that means you yeah. won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The more. Because it's more... a point-based system, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so you pick up the other side's bodies. <laughs> yeah. It's like ch- checkers or something collecting the other person's stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> King me. <laughs> King me. <laughs> um, Put one of those dead bodies on me. <laughs> people don't realize. The, Let me piggyback right it. People don't realize the, the like large overlap of people who are um, Civil War reenactors and people who are bodybuilders. Uh, because of this deadlift alone, uh, most bodybuilders also do Civil War reenactment. It's almost mandatory that you have to have some <laughs> yeah. deadlifters in your reenactment, or else it's not truly. Yeah, it's, it's not, not true to the source material. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Did you know that that's where the phrase "Civil War buffs" came from? <laughs> I did not. Yeah, that's really? why they call them that. They're called Civil War buffs because of the huge overlap between <laughs> bodybuilders. <laughs> this is why. <laughs> first that. No, I get it. This, this is funny. why I love podcasts because you just learn so much stuff. There's so much knowledge. I'm There's so, so much full knowledge of knowledge. Around in these podcasts. I love it. I think another thing with this is we see that she's very strong in the gym. So strong it makes me melt whenever she It makes me melt when I see her muscles ripple. But a weakness she has, she may be strong in the gym, but a weakness she has is if you know the right number, she has to go anywhere you call as a paramedic. You have a certain power over her to make a call and she's got to show up to a place. So there's something there that we can use to manipulate a situation in which you all of a sudden look like a hero. And thankfully, he did not tell her what his occupation was because right. he's actually a gangster. <laughs> right. no. So he has access to these. He's the one selling and to these away crimes. Is that what you're going to say? <laughs> he has access to the crime scenes because he's the one creating them. So I was thinking uh, instead of maybe like I, I didn't think he was going to be a criminal like you're, the way you took it. But that's also something we could do. I could also say that you could. This is just as much of a criminal act, but you. Uh, you fabricate some sort of crime scene and have either you call or somebody else call in the crime scene. Like smoke a joint? No, I, I th- I'm i thinking something more... Uh, dramatic. Dramatic. Like yeah, jaywalk? Yeah. Probably like a jaywalk, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or your regular, you know, just uh, lounge... What's the... Like dig a hole without calling? Right, <laughs> right. Cutting Loiter- down a loitering. tree. Loitering. Loitering. You're, you're, you're typical loitering. Um, no, I was going to say some sort of like fire or... Uh, but you control it, make sure it's all safe. But what you do is, when the paramedic shows up on scene, you are the hero saving everybody before the paramedics get there. And she sees you coming out of that burning building, or like lifting that person, deadlifting that person <laughs> um, to safety. And she's like, "Oh, this guy who made a deadlift joke last week, he's not half bad." Yeah, and also you got to remember that while he's deadlifting that person, he's also holding twelve kittens. Right. So yeah. he also rescued twelve kittens from the burning. Every building. single one of the Umbrella Academy. Unfortunately, kids. he does have to jaywalk in order to get them to safety to the other side of the street, and he will uh, be going to jail. There, then there you are the criminal, and you will be going to prison. So mm. I'm sorry about that. Vivid still. Vivid still. Sorry about that, Vivid still, but uh, at least you don't have any more embarrassment, so you're welcome. Mm-hmm. 
What's worse, embarrassment or being in jail? Definitely embarrassment. That's why. Yeah. That's why we have to have a podcast about how to get out of embarrassment, not when how to get out of prison. <laughs> yeah. This one is brought to us by Marilyn Manson, 1996. Marilyn Manson, not born in 1996. No. Darren freaking T. You guys know how if you twist a bottle really tightly and then open it, the cap flies off with a loud bang? Heck yeah, dude. I love that. Yeah, oh you do. Oh, my gosh. Assert your dominance early in middle school with that kind of That's stuff. That's right. That's how you know you are the class clown and the class bully. Well, the that's... The class alpha. You're the alpha leader. Right. That's what I... I could never do are that. You gonna make, was... Are you going to make me have to pop a bottle cap off in here? Well, I mean, I'm not going to do it because I don't know how, so... I've never done it. <laughs> Caleb, Caleb, you're the alpha? Well, I mean, I know how, yeah, but there's no bottle in here. That means Caleb's the alpha. I'm the alpha. Wait, can I be the alpha follower and somebody else be the alpha leader? <laughs> no, because we don't know how to pop the bottles. I'm only good as an alpha behind the scenes. Look, leaders aren't born, <laughs> they're chosen. Wait, I thought they were made. Aren't chosen, they're born. Wait. <laughs> Wait. You what? were born popping bottles. <laughs> aren't we all born then? No. I was born like I was popped out you of a bottle. interpreting what I'm saying. Caleb was born with the innate ability to pop bottles. We were not. <laughs> Caleb was born natural leader. It's wow. just a gift, man. I don't know what to tell you. I had recently learned how to do it properly, and I wasn't really twisting it hard enough before. So today I was sitting at a table, and the person sitting next to me had a bobble, bottle, which I asked for, and they gave it to me. I was hesitant at first to do it for a second, but then without thinking, I twisted and opened what proceeded next was the loudest bang known to mankind. Yeah, that's shot. what she said. Womankind. I'm just trying to fit in with the with the middle school vibe. Oh, here. oh, got it, got it. Yeah, a shotgun blast was nothing compared to the cannon blast that occurred. The room instantly fell dead silent, and I saw my teacher slowly leaning forward on her chair, giving me a look that screamed anger and disappointment. Wow. She really, she only gave me a warning and then let it go, but the class wasn't the same for the rest of the period, and I can't stop thinking about it. To make matters worse, this girl I was talking to was in that class when it happened. No. Crap, a girl. No, let me tell you what, right now, she was impressed by that. I know, right? She was impressed. Look at how you, what you can do with the bottles. Look at how big of a fart noise you can make <laughs> with that bottle. You know middle school girls love it when middle school guys can make loud, loud fart noises. That's right. It's yeah. All about, yeah, it's all about asserting your dominance, making the biggest sound because that's what attracts the most females. Yeah, look at lions. Big roar, big mane, big big power. <laughs> big, yeah. So as the only certified person here that's actually shot a, a water bottle top off, yeah. this is what I had to say to this guy. Um, one, your, your embarrassment is understandable because it's kind of like farting really loud in the movie theater. You know, you draw yeah, attention to yourself. It's freaking sick, though. Yeah, it's freaking dope, but we're going to get there, Mitch. we got to walk him there. we got to hold his hand, baby okay, him. We gotta, okay. okay, so right now he thinks he thinks it's embarrassing, but let me, okay, Marilyn Manson, 1996. <laughs> <laughs> you sound pretty hardcore, um, but based on the story, you're clearly not. So we're going we're gonna to help you. Yeah. Be careful with this story because it's got a lot of edge on it. It's got a sharp Don't edge? Don't cut yourself on it. <laughs> it's very edgy. It's very edgy. Okay, so the main consequence of this is that there was a girl that he liked. And now he feels like his his relationship with this girl is compromised. So what do we do about that? I don't think you really have to do anything. I think it's going to work itself out because you made a big boom in class. Everyone saw it because every, everyone looked and stopped and stared at you. That's what you want. That's 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 the situation you want because now everyone has noticed you. Isn't that what we're all just – we all just want someone to notice us, We right? all just want to be noticed. We all just want someone to know that we exist. And now they all know you exist and this girl knows you exist. You know, I, I think uh, homecoming's coming up or spring. S snow, snowball. You got prom coming up pretty soon. And if you want to ask this girl out, 
well, you're in luck because she already knows you exist. That was my big problem in high school is like nobody knew I existed because I would just kind of, you know, I just kind of lived in the library, not really reading any books, but just kind of like just kind of existing in between in between the rows of books and mm. kind of slithering uh, around. I made a book for it once. Okay, so here's what you're going to do about it. Sure, you've made kind of a fool of yourself making a big boom. Everyone looked at you and, and thought, did that kid just fart? Or did he just shoot a shotgun? Either way, you're going to get in trouble because you can't be shooting <laughs> shotguns in a school. So what you need to do is you need to somehow show everybody that you're competent again because now everyone thinks that you don't really know what you're doing. My suggestion would be to hold a giant Pokemon Stadium competition. Mm. And everyone's going to pick you know, the Dragonites and the Charizards, but you're smarter than that because you know that the 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 weaker Pokemon have the better moves. So you're going to pick the Caterpie and the Weedle and the Rattata, and you're just going to sweep everybody. And you're going to be back on top of the food chain. Kyle, uh, do you have anything that better than what I'm saying right now? Uh. So what happens when you are able to shoot this off in class and not get in trouble by the teacher is, yeah, there's a little bit of embarrassment, but everybody's also thinking this kid, this is the kid that can do stuff and get away with it. Right. So this little, this reputation starts to build like, man, this kid can shoot off a giant fart bottle in class and he doesn't even get in trouble with the teacher. So now all the cool kids, like, you know, the kind of bad kids, Mm -hmm. they start coming to you and they say, go to, he's the go to, he's, he's like the, the goat, like the little, He's, well, the, he's the Morgan Freeman. He's the of mule the, of the high school. Yeah. So then all these kids are coming to you and they're like, hey, try to get away with this in class. And they keep giving you more and like progressively, progressively difficult, more yeah. difficult tasks to try to accomplish and not get in trouble. And if there's one thing that Kyle knows about middle school girls, it's that they like the bad boys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like when I was in middle school. Um, all the girls wanted was for me to just pull the chairs out from under them while they were about to sit down <laughs> and uh, give them almost a concussion because of it. Um, they loved that crap. Right. And yeah. I bet you had like 30 girls ask you to prom. Yeah. I mean. And like 10 pairs of leather pants. <laughs> you you own 10 pairs of leather pants? I owned pants? them. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. okay. at that point, leather jackets weren't as cool. Right. It was, it was all about that leather It was more pant. about the pants. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's what we suggest then. He should start wearing leather pants as well (laughs) and then pulling the chairs out from under all the girls. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, if you do that, you're on the the right path to redemption right there. I mean, you got 30 prom dates and leather pants. And The thing that makes leather pants so cool while being a bad boy is that you have to be kind of sneaky to do bad boy things. And it's like, how is he so easily heard and located by ear? And still gets away with things, right? Because they're That's just so creaking cool. and squeaking You're everywhere squeaking he goes, kind of like life. like a cow just screaming out in pain. <laughs> One of the things I appreciate about leather pants is if you pass some gas in them, like they they're gonna contain that smell They'll until contain you it. until you release. They got your back yourself from those pants. Yeah, <laughs> that's the ultimate emergency plan. <laughs> like if you get caught and you're in a dire situation, you just whoop, rip those pants right off, stink bomb. You get out of there. There's like even a smoke screen coming out of those things to veil you as you run away. So I'm always wearing a pair of rubber pants under my or leather pants under my jeans or mm. khakis. Oh, that's why you walk so loud. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. That's it's also why I have a permanent rash. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have some ointment for that you can use. I mean, it's, if you need it. It's beyond that. It's beyond that. Okay. Okay. It's really set in. I mean, it is medical strength. You still, you don't think it's good it's, enough? Basically, here, let me give you an idea of what's going on here. Uh, basically, uh, basically, I have, I have a rash that's so ingrained into my body, it just is my body now. Oh, okay. It's, it's, I'm rashed down to my bone. Wow. <laughs> Our next story 
Breaking news. Our next story is brought to us by Breakfree221. It's my third day at this new job. I've met quite a few people, and I'm not that great with names to begin with. I'm taking in a lot of info. Coworkers' names, customers' names, all the different aspects of the job. I went to ask this coworker a question by calling what I thought was his name. I yelled it three times. I was pissed because I thought he was ignoring me. So I yelled what I thought his name was even louder. He was ignoring me. He was ignoring me because I was actually yelling another coworker's name that wasn't even there that day. He didn't correct me and just walked away. It was so cringy and embarrassing. I don't even want to go back to work. Just yelling randos people's names in your office three days into the office, which is already a very fragile time for your persona yeah, in really the office. Just, you're really setting up who you're going to become in that office just for the next loony. probably until you die. Yeah. And now you're going to be known as the guy that is an idiot because he can't remember mm-hmm. somebody. He can't remember his coworker's name. First impressions are so important. And when you come off as a loony within the first three days, HR is going to call you after work one day and just say, hey, don't come back. I yeah. Why would you be yelling someone's name only three days in? I would, I would not even be confident enough to know what my job title is at that point. <laughs> let alone to like know right. what somebody's name, somebody, somebody, so what my coworker's name is. Yeah, yeah. And you know this person is just blessed with way too much confidence because like they got frustrated, so they actually just started screaming it louder. Yeah. yeah. Like they didn't mm-hmm. think, well, maybe I'm saying the wrong name. I have only been here three days. Right. They just <laughs> start screaming it louder. So this, I I do find myself in this kind of situation a lot. I don't really know what to do yeah. <laughs> about it. You don't scream though, right? I don't scream it. I, usually what happens to me is I know I'm forgetting their name, and so I kind of hit the brakes a little bit, and hopefully I think of the name before I get to it. But then I just I usually end up getting to it, and I'm like, nope, still don't have it. And so I just mm. kind of trip and stumble my way through it. Mm. <laughs> like if I was talking to you, Caleb, about Kyle, and I yeah. can't remember Kyle's name, I'd be like, yeah, so I was hanging out with um, you know, the, the guys the other day, and uh, and we were, you know, I, I would just, yeah, I would kind of stumble th- my way through it. Do you think that we should t- like just take that and blow that up into a bigger picture, kind of like he did by screaming the names? So he just he just starts putting banana peels everywhere all over the office and just slipping and flailing his arms everywhere, Where slipping and sliding into people. Well, be because he's stumbling his way through. Oh, <laughs> you take you took the. Quite literally personify what his emotions yeah, yeah. and turn them into his physical. I think what we what we should do is well, there's there's two ways to approach this. One is improve our writers' ability to remember people's names. Um, the, what we can do there is teach them how to use mnemonic devices. Practical. Um, and that's that's a tried and true way people have learned people's names. So what you mm-hmm. do is you just take you take a, a Jim's name there and you go. Gee, uh, my coworker there, I can't ever remember Jim's name, but if I remember that Jim, he's kind of short and, and kind of skinny and clearly doesn't go to the gym, uh, then I can remember his name a little bit better. Or or, or say your coworker's name is Kathy. Slim Jim. Slim Jim, you might want to call him. Or, or her, your coworker's name is Kathy, and um, this caddy just happens to have a catheter. And you're like, okay, well, I know it's Kathy because Kathy has the catheter. Right. And most of these are – they'll have to be pretty easy, uh, self-explanatory. If, if your coworker's name is Donovan, you can always know – it's you always know it's Donovan because he's so old. And, you know, <laughs> Donovan was born at the dawn of time. <laughs> Donovan, he, he's an ancient man. He's been here since the beginning of when the time dawned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he also rides a van. <laughs> Donovan. <laughs> there it was. That's what I was expecting from the beginning. But you went with dawn of time. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I was really confused. 
See, my concern would be that with such good mnemonic devices, I would accidentally like look at him and be like, "Hey, Donovan." I mean, I mean Don- Donovan. <laughs> Don of time, Donovan. <laughs> or I would, or hey, hey uh, Slim Jim. Oh, I mean Jim. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is the danger of mixing up the made-up name with the real name. Yeah, but when it comes to balancing embarrassment, uh, I think I took one of the classes for embarrassment studies that um, remembering somebody based off of a nickname instead of just forgetting their name altogether reduces uh, embarrassment altogether over the over time over okay the okay so, so you are still better off uh, uh calling her catheter woman yeah positive okay mm-hmm. so if i say hey catheter woman that's still better than <laughs> better forgetting than the name okay <laughs> right. okay so i'm with you so so what i guess that also depends on the severity of the uh mm. the name so if you if you're if you got a buddy named uh, adolf <laughs> <laughs> And you just straight up call him Hitler. Uh, that's going to cause a lot more embarrassment than if you just forgot his name altogether and called him Bud. Right. So it is a little bit case-by-case case basis, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and that, that makes a lot of sense. So what I'm hearing you say, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but what I'm hearing mm-hmm. you say is we take a bunch of banana peels, and we put them all over <laughs> the office, and we have them slip around on them, flailing and stumbling through all of, all of the office. Uh, I'm saying that only as long as he can name each and every banana peel and remember them. Well, well right, while well, also screaming, hey, catheter lady. Yeah, right, right. I need those faxed. Well, you're going to remember all their names because you have spent the time cutting them up. You the spent the time peels. eating them. You have an emotional connection to them. You're yeah. not like it's not like your coworker Jim. Like you just you know him for three days. You've you never cut up Jim. You, you never cut him up. You never eaten him. You, <laughs> you don't have any sort of emotional connection to him. We're keeping that in. And then, uh, but these bananas, like you eat, you ate each one of them. Like mm-hmm. hand, you handpicked them you from never the bunch. A banana. Yeah. Yeah, you, Jim doesn't give you potassium. If it helps, put little faces on them to personalize them a little bit, anthropomorphize them a little bit, and then all of a sudden, like you, you can remember dozens and dozens of these bananas' names, and mm-hmm. you name them yeah. your coworkers' names. Yeah, that's all you do. Yeah, you just draw a bunch of faces on a bunch of bananas, line them all up at your desk, mm-hmm. and then write everybody's name on them, and do a little bit of role play with the bananas at your desk, and go. say it's not voodoo; it's just a mnemonic device <laughs> with bananas. It's a mnemonic <laughs> device. It is a little bit of voodoo, but it's mostly a mnemonic. It's device. mostly a mnemonic, like. Mm-hmm. We, we talking like 90-10? We're talking, yeah, we're talking like 50-50. Oh, okay, so it's not mostly. It's 50-50. It's, right, well, it's 50-50. It's 50-50 black magic, 50 and voodoo, and then like so little mnemonic device. <laughs> okay, so we're at about 98 black magic slash voodoo and 2% mnemonic right, device. Right, mo- mostly because like when Jim ignores you because you're yelling his wrong name, you, you want to get back at him somehow, but you can't do it without getting in trouble with HR. But if you have a voodoo doll, they can't touch you because that's a religious belief. Right. That's <laughs> that's protected under their diversity clause, uh, H's, HR's diversity clause. It's like, hey, uh, so Jim got in a really oh, bad accent today, and we noticed that your banana named Jim has been smushed to, bl- to blitherines. Uh, we might have to fire you for endangering a uh, co-worker. And you say, you, you say, well, I, this is what I believe in, and you cannot fire me for it. And then you say, and guess what? Now your banana is going to be smushed. <laughs> <laughs> he just dramatically holds up the banana that says <laughs> Denise on it. Starts like poking it. She's like, ow. Peeling it. Ow. Starts peeling. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, so. Well, you don't want to do it in front of her because. It doesn't work if you do that. Right. Because yeah. she doesn't believe. And, right, exactly. So anyways, uh, yeah. Uh, banana voodoo dolls, I think, is. Uh, that sounds uh, like the most reasonable very, solution. Yeah, yeah, very appropriate solution, I believe. I don't know why you needed us for that. Perfect. 
So this week we have a we're doing our special segment, fix that fan fiction for you guys. We have a just wonderful, absolutely written fan fiction here. Um, I'm gonna read it for you guys, and then we will discuss a little about the components of it, maybe what needs to be improved, what need what what we thought was good. Yeah, so I'm excited. This one I, I this one's really good. You guys ready for it? Let's go. We're ready. All right. This is going to be a Harry Potter fan fiction. It's called Harry Potter and the Giant Somewhat Useless Looking and Otherwise Generic Object. It is by LovePoint33. Harry, my boy, Dumbledore said, stroking his beard like one of the, all the kings. It is time. <laughs> what? Let's try that one more time. What's, okay. go, what's, going, what's a bead? Harry, my boy, Dumbledore said, stroking his beard like one of the kings of all. It is mm. time. Time for what, sir? Harry asked, paying attention attentively. Time to pime! No! He shouted and shook his head so hard in pure denial that his neck snapped and he collapsed on the ground. Oh. He was not quite dead yet, but he would be soon. Harry yawned and woke up in a cold sweat. The pain was excruciating. He opened his eyes, screaming in pure agony. Yo, yo, yo! Harry, my G, what up? Ron wanted to know what was up with Harry, but Harry <laughs> could only shake his head and scream as his brain exploded into a fractual meat circus. Hmm. Then his face did the same thing. It was, Harry decided, a most enlightening experience. Harry yawned and woke up in a colder sweat. He sat up, staring vacantly at the wall. Harry? Neville asked. Harry stared at Neville even more vacantly. The boy shuffled nervously. How much for a room? He asked. Harry opened his mouth and spoke the answer in a series of ultrasonic shrieks that cut up, that cut up Price into the, the wall in the seven-corded language of hell. <laughs> 272,000 guardians and a lemon, said the wall. Now stop cutting me, you <laughs> f nuts. <laughs> Neville shuffled about a bit more and nodded, reaching down his throat and turning something like a knob inside of it to open his internal vaults. Then he braced himself with a wild cry of, I'm a fire in my lizard! Harry's mouth unleashed a supersonic torrent of coins that Harry eagerly swallowed. Not a single coin in the galleon beam missed Harry's mouth. After uh, nearly ten minutes, the exchange was complete and Neville nodded once, sharply, then reached into his robe, almost hesitantly before his hand clearly grasped something. Slowly, he retracted his hand. It was a lemon. It was a perfect lemon. It was the perfectionist lemon that either of them ever done saw. Over the course of four trillion years, Neville slowly moved his hand over Harry's outstretched <laughs> palm. Then it was then it was over it. 2012 Octovigilantian years followed. And then Neville dropped the lemon into Harry's hand, feeling very, very harried about it. What? Oh, hair. <laughs> Harry smiled vacantly, and Neville shuffled about nervously. Oh, well then, Neville said, well, then, I feel lighter already. May I, Harry? Harry slowly nodded vacantly. <laughs> Neville stretched open Harry's mouth and entered him, becoming one of the guests in Harry in the Potter Hotel. Harry no longer seemed quite so vacant as he brought the lemon up to his eyes. Very small arms grew out of his corneas and held the lemon in place as he lowered his large, fake arms. Tiny mouths <laughs> extended in from his pupils like xenomorphs and began attempting the to skin was too tough though so some small arms very very small ones grew from <laughs> harry's irises and opened fire bullets harry yawned and woke up in the coldest sweat <laughs> then the universe froze to death because the sweat was absolute zero 
and couldn't be warmed up by anything. <laughs> Harry yawned and woke up. Thank you, Albus, he said, staring at his teacher with a devoted devotion. <laughs> now I know what must be done. Harry rose. It was it was time for school shit to happen. <laughs> Mother <laughs> end of chapter one. Chapter one. <laughs> chapter one. So as I was reading, it was very hard for me to comprehend anything that was happening. I'm really hoping you guys took some notes down and could just maybe say like a one or two things you liked about it. I literally okay. wrote Chinese gibberish. Kyle has written some, <laughs> I wrote some Chinese ruins, it looks like. Some ruins that like ruins. Ruins um, that probably represent like a cold sweat. I'm sure something uh, in that. Maybe a lemon or two. Just subconsciously <laughs> was dictated to my hand. One thing I okay, one thing I, I did notice though is that I feel like the author really had a sense of direction where he like he, he knew the ending he wanted, mm. he knew the beginning, and he knew exactly how to get from point A to point B. And I just like that because like there's no there's no bull crap involved. Mm. You know, it's, it's like let's get right to the story, let's get right to the action. Lemons, uh, one quadrillion gallons of coins all mm. going into Harry's mouth. Uh, I just really love that that visual. Mm. You can really taste the coins. Um, mm. So yeah, I just really enjoyed that that aspect of it, that mm-hmm. part. This is what I feel like happens if you mix the game Mad Gab and Mad Libs with Acid and Harry Potter. Yeah. Because uh, you had the direction, but you had such a consistent randomness to the entire story. Um, but you ended up with things like Devoted Devotion, which happens in Mad Libs all the time. In Pime. In Pime. <laughs> yeah, Pime. <laughs> um, but I think this is kind of like if if it seems like the story could almost have happened if you had four people or four or five people in a room and they told the story one word at a time and they just they took turns saying different words and oh. they ended up with this kind of like levels deep dream that nobody could figure out how to get out of the dream that just kept going oh and then I woke up and then the one troll of the four of them wanted to just keep it in a dream and by the time it was his turn he could just get it back there you know what I'm saying yeah. <laughs> I was kind of hoping that it would end. Harry woke up under the stairs, and it was all the, you know, yeah. like the classic everyone, you know. It was all it was, a dream. Yeah. I wanted him to wake up in the middle of class, and it was his professor playing a prank on him, showing him why he shouldn't fall in class, and like doing mm-hmm. some sort of magic, trippy dream yeah. that would scare him to ever not ever fall asleep in class mm, again. Right? Yeah, but that would have a moral, and I think I the think story this, is. I think this is the beyond the, morals. It's kind of like a La La Land situation of a of a fan fiction where like there's really not a plot and there's really not a direction. There's really not a story. It's just life. It's really bro. just a bunch of words. <laughs> words logically ordered. I think the well, barely. This is barely. a story that intentionally shirks off the any sort of like narrative that that the reader is supposed to expect. Uh, so it's about unexpected events that is surprising your reader. So is is Neville going to stay in a real hotel? No, he's actually going to go inside of Harry Potter's mouth and stay in a hotel that's in there. I did actually really thought it was clever when they're like, Harry stared back vacantly. Like he was like not really... But like he was actually a hotel. Hotel vacancy. That was vacant. that was very clever. I yeah. did like that. That was my favorite part. That's the foreshadowing mm. because it's right at that point when he said vacancy like four or five times. Where do you start to think they are using that word an awful lot? <laughs> and the next thing you know, Neville crawls into his mouth it and he's a little less vacant. And you're like, oh well, thank you for giving me this answer <laughs> at the perfect opportune time. All right, boys, let's wrap this one up. Uh, it's been a lot of fun, uh, but I think it's time to put this one to rest. <laughs> Um, hey, put this one in the grave. <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Fix That For You, episode 20. 20? Yeah, we're 20-year-olds wow. today. I didn't think we'd make it this far. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, so thank you guys for all the support you guys have been giving us. And for those of you that don't support us, just thank you for uh, being potential supporters. Uh, uh, if you guys like this episode, be sure to share with a friend. Uh, like we said last time, this is the only way that this episode, that this podcast gets around. Um, so we really rely on you guys. We hope you guys will look us up on Facebook. We're FTFY Podcast. Like the page. Reach out to us. Um, keep up with the content there. Follow us on Twitter. We're at FTFY Pod. And then you can email us your embarrassing stories. We're FTFYPodcast at gmail.com. If you like the song that is at the beginning and end of our podcast, uh, the name of that song is Ganip Ganap by the Cold Soda Club. Uh, so big shout out to them for letting us use that. If you like that, go ahead and look them up and give them a listen. Also, if you guys like this podcast and you would like more of it, let us know that too. We have some additional content ideas floating around, but we're not, we don't really know if there's a market for it. We don't really know if there's a, if there's an audience willing to listen to it. So if you want some extra stuff, uh, email us and let us know. Uh, again, thank you for listening. This has been Fix That For You, episode 20. We will see you guys next week when we release another episode. Uh, ready for you guys to... Listen to. I'm your muffin host, Mitch Eshin. Uh, I'm your ghost of a partner, Kyle Rynan. I'm your burnt toast, Caleb Carson. And you are the listener. You are welcome. In the green sea, that's where we'll be. Ooh, that was good.